0: Hey, hey, hey! Just think, while you've been getting down and out about the liars and the dirty, dirty cheats of this world, you could have been getting down to this sick podcast. This is Taylor Talk, the number one Taylor Swift podcast brought to you by taylortalk.org. What up, everybody, and welcome to episode 149 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast. My name is Adam.
1: I'm Diane.
2: And I'm Sammy.
0: And today we've got the wonderful episode planned for you all. The wonderful. Uh, Yeah, as we reported in the news, um, shoot, a while ago, um, it's kind of old news now, but we finally got a chance to speak about that article that appeared in The Guardian where Taylor is now a self-proclaimed feminist. Apparently. So, um, we have a friend that joins us later in the episode. You'll be able to hear all about it. But before we get to that point, Sammy, what has been going on in the Taylor news lately?
2: So, Taylor received her 60th Hot 100 with Shake It Off this week. Wait, Woo! 60? Woo! Yep.
0: 60?
2: 6, zero? six, six zero. Shoot. Um, it soared past the expert projections, selling 544,000 copies, making its, its largest debut in in 2014. Um, and Taylor also finally figured out, wait for it, wait for it, how to put on a Twitter header. Oh, accomplishment. <laughs> <laughs> a fan tweeted her a very sassy but adorable tweet about how to put the header on, and then she did it, and then she tweeted her back, and she said that she did it. Um, it is a seagull picture very similar to the shirt that she's wearing on the 1989 album cover, uh, which you can also get on store.taylorswift.com. Yeah,
0: it's probably just only. a photo of the shirt.
2: It, it, I don't know that it is. I think it's the art, but people were looking at it, and they were, like, really, really psychoanalyzing it, and people seem to think that there's a photo of Taylor on one of the seagulls.
0: I see it. I can I see, see what they're talking too. about. No, I'm going to have
2: to go look, look really at really closely, it really looks like it's her face. Um, so Taylor is a seagull yeah. in these pictures? Okay. Yeah. um she also got a new profile pic which is um a shoot from the billboard magazine article that has her hot 100 um number one on it and it was the second one she chose the first was from the guardian article which we will be discussing in a minute um she also got a new bio on twitter that says born in 1989 to go perfectly with the new era
1: i wonder if that'll be a song title
2: I've, I I I mean I would say she has to have a song in 1989 called 1989. I think it would be cool if it was just called Born in 1989 rather than just 1989. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be neat. I, mm-hmm. Although I feel like 1989 could be more of a different song than Born in 1989. Whereas like I could kind of picture Born in 1989 being about her, whereas 1989 is more like about you the know society th- and the culture and everything. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. Um and according to Vivo the Shake It Up music video has now reached over 60 million views. Don't go by YouTube. Vivo is more accurate than YouTube.
0: YouTube it's lies like, to you.
2: It's a couple it's a couple it's a couple thousand off like 20 like 10 or 15 thousand off. Just go by Vivo. Um, it should reach Vivo certified which is 100 million views very shortly. So keep watching it so we can get it to 100 million.
0: Yay! Eww. Wow, there's a lot of news today. Diane, can there you finish is. it up?
1: It was a big week. I will. So in honor of reaching the number one on the Billboard Hot 100 list, Taylor posted a Shake It Off Outtakes video named Outtakes 1, which is of her filming the cheerleading scenes. They were absolutely adorable, and she talked a little bit more about her vision for the song and the video. We can only hope that she will post more of these outtake videos as time goes on. I would imagine she would if
2: this I one is called
1: Outtake I could have sworn
0: one. there was something that said Outtake 2 coming soon somewhere. I, I thought I, I saw the, that.
2: I think at the end it said that, like, Outtake 2 coming soon or something like that. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see the one with the fans, which then goes along with our conversation last week. Yeah, that'd be really cool.
1: Um, and then finally, it was announced this week that Taylor will be a mentor for both Adam Levine's team and for Blake Shelton's team on NBC's The Voice. She joins fellow mentors Stevie Wonder, Gavin Rosdale, Little Big Town, and Alicia Keys. The voice premieres on September 22nd on NBC.
0: I actually want to take a minute to talk about that and see what you guys think about Taylor being a mentor in a uh, sing uh, in a singing competition. I think
2: it's a good way for her to be on it rather than her being a judge. I don't know how I would feel about her being a judge. What I do think is interesting, though, is that she is a mentor for both the pop rock team and for the country
0: team she's a mentor for everybody
1: well she's also been in both of those genres so i mean yeah she has that's, a lot that's of why i think it's
2: interesting that you know like this album's coming out and it's like her first 100 percent documented pop album but you know the voice still wants her to help with the country albums uh, with the country artists and i think that that's really
0: cool Well, I think specifically what I was trying to get to, though, is I saw an article questioning, will Taylor make a good mentor? And in my opinion, I think she absolutely will. And I'll tell you why. Because the reason anyone would question that is because, you know, Taylor may not have one of those uh, incredibly powerful voices that brings you to tears. And um, however, I think something that's going to make her a really valuable mentor is is that she has managed to progress and get better herself, and that's exactly what the contestants are trying yeah. to do.
2: And I think that another big thing that they have never really done before, especially for Blake Shelton's team, I don't watch The Voice that much, but um, Blake Shelton's team, if a country singer wins under Blake Shelton, they get signed to um, Big Machine Records, um, which obviously Taylor is on Big Machine, and I think that it would be interesting for her to kind of help these younger country acts navigate um a record label that she
0: she Helps helped create. create
2: yeah um obviously that doesn't necessarily mean that a country singer will win and that doesn't necessarily mean that she'll be more or less of an asset to Adam Levine's team over Blake Shelton or vice versa um but I think that it is something that she can throw in there for the country teams that will help the judges and the audience decide whether they should continue because they know the business angle now So you um, think alone. she'll help
0: Not only with their singing abilities, but also with the industry information. Yeah,
2: I mean, I don't know that they'll show that part because it's only an hour-long show, but I would imagine that off-screen, you know, what they don't show but they might film or whatever, that she will definitely help with that.
0: Yeah, for sure. So everybody out there listening, keep an eye out for Taylor on The Voice, which, Diane, it, you said premieres on September 22nd? September
2: 22nd. Yeah. We September don't actually 22nd. know what day that she's going to be on it. Um, it sh- the mentors aren't on the first couple episodes because they have to like fight for who's going to be on the team. Yeah, yeah, but once we figure out what day her episodes are going to be on, we'll let you know.
0: We'll keep you updated. So thank you for the news, uh, Diane and Sammy. And mm-hmm. speaking of keeping you guys updated, please pull out your calendars and pencils now. Take some notes because I got some uh, items that are coming up in Taylor's calendar that you might want to be aware of. First off, Taylor's going to be performing at the iHeartRadio Music Festival on September 19th in Las Vegas. Her new album, 1989, is going to be releasing on October 27th. So you all better purchase it then if you haven't already pre-bought it.
1: That's less than two months away, guys.
0: Oh, my gosh. Coming up quick. And then finally, Taylor will be performing live in Times Square on Good Morning America in honor of the release of 1989. Will that be on what date? Does anyone know? Oh,
2: October 27th. Same October
0: 27th day. also. Perfect. So that's what's coming up in Taylor's calendar. Um, if she throws any zingers at us and surprises us with anything, we will keep you, of course, up to date.
1: <laughs> zingers. I like that. Zingers? <laughs> yeah.
0: You like that word? I like it. It's a good
1: word. Zingers.
0: There aren't it's many words that start with Z. Zinger? Zebra?
1: Zebra? Xylophone? Zippera. Xylophone
0: starts with an X. Sort of
1: oh, no, but it starts with a Z sound. That's why it's misleading. Mm.
0: <laughs> Di- uh, just so everyone knows, Diane is studying to become an English teacher right now. <laughs> and we wonder why the American schooling system has fallen so low on a global scale.
1: Oh, oh my, my God. God way to put so me on blast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, then. Okay, <laughs> I can't even get back in the episode now. Uh, so, like I said, for our main discussion, we have a friend joining us. Uh, we recorded this uh, separately from the main episode, so if it sounds a little bit different, that's why. But we're going to play that for you right now. In the studio with us now is a good friend of ours known across the internet as Hipster T. Swift. We have Kate with us. Hi. Hi. Oh, no. I just remembered how I wanted to intro you, Kate.
1: <laughs> oh, I like
0: uh, it's, it's Don't worry, this is going to be part of the episode But just because I want to okay. throw out my fun intro I had planned for Kate um, I'm going to do it anyway And it's going to go in the episode Because I really want it
1: Okay, right. what is
0: it? It would be What would you say, Swifties What would you say If Kate was here with us tonight
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I had that planned like all day And then I forgot to do it
1: it's okay,
0: I feel so that was awesome. honored. <laughs> Getting welcomed out like a guest on Taylor's tour.
1: Mhm.
0: All right, so we're here to talk about the Guardian article today and like sort of, you know, Taylor did mention things about her new album and her new song, but like the big thing to come out of it because it's about the new album, the new song we've heard before is Taylor's new stance on feminism, which is a discussion we've had on the show before a long time ago, but her position on the matter has changed. And quoting from the article, Taylor said, as a teenager, I didn't understand that saying you're a feminist is just saying that you hope women and men will have equal rights and equal opportunities. What it seemed to me was that you hate men. So has Taylor changed?
1: I don't think necessarily that she's changed as a person. I I just think she kind of she kind of found out what it means more. Like, it's not like she changed her mindset.
2: Yeah, I think that over the past couple of years or so, with the fact that she hasn't really had a boyfriend and she's kind of had to change her views on that and change where her writing comes from and she's changed the people that she's hung out with um, that they've kind of introduced her to a side of feminism that she hadn't really thought of before. And I don't think it was her being like, stuck up about it, I think, or like, or even her being ignorant about it. I think that's just really what she thought, and, you know, these people, especially like Lena Dunham, have now kind of introduced her to um, a side of it and what it really means to be a feminist, and she's kind of embracing it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not sure that that's to say that, you know, things have changed for her because I feel like um, a lot of songs that she's written in the past were, on the right, the correct side of what feminism means, and she just didn't know it. Um, but I think now she's kind of embracing it more, and it's coming out in her interviews, and it's coming out hopefully in her songs, I would think.
3: Yeah, I'm praying for feminist music, but I definitely <laughs> don't think... I don't think she's changed as a person, but when you also say changed, I mean what is change, right? Everyone grows up, and you know, you learn more about the world, and you educate yourself more. I just think her... It's more her views on what feminism means that have changed, like you know. If you go on a bit later in that quote, she says, you know, um, that when sh- when she was younger, she would say like, I thought it was more like a picket against the opposite sex, like man-hating, like you know. And she even says in that quote, I think was it back in 2011 or 2012 when she got asked about feminism. Yeah, um, 2012. I think it 2012. I think we it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't. I, when she says, I don't really think. Um, about things as guys versus girls. I never have. I was raised by by parents who brought me up to think if you work hard as guys, you can go far in life. So that right there even just shows you she has been a feminist because what people don't understand is the definition of feminism is wanting equality for men and women, which is what she says in the quote. She, just like most girls, was uninformed as to what it actually meant to be a feminist and was scared of the negative connotations that go with it.
2: And I think that that also says a lot about, you know, the way that she kind of took over, for lack of a better word, country music. I mean, country music in the early 90s and even up until, you know, the mid-2000s when Taylor entered was a fairly male-dominated music genre. I mean, obviously, there were a the few examples. There was Faith Hill and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, she basically took it over and made it okay for – both men and women equally to be successful in that genre of music. And at the same time, she also sort of paved a way for um, for women in the music industry in general. And I don't think she meant to do it because I just don't think she did. but I mean Augustine from uh, the Swift Agency in his editorial, he said Taylor's current, status is the dream of an independent woman she calls her own shots has her own company 13 management and makes her own decisions and I think that that says a lot about her stance on feminism or not even her stance just how she views it because you know she wasn't doing it to be like ha 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 I'm gonna topple all of the male dominated management company she was doing it as a you know it needs to be equal and I want to be able to control my own destiny so to speak and that's how she did it.
0: Well, t- Taylor, in a way, has been feminist since birth because, I mean, we've mentioned it before, the reason she's even named Taylor is because her parents felt it was a gender-neutral name and nobody would hold biases against her. Very good right. point. If they just knew her name.
3: Yep. yep. So, really, her parents were even feminists in that sense.
0: <laughs> um, Without necessarily knowing it, or maybe they did know it and it was deliberate. Yeah. I you know mean, it is? was deliberate naming, but I mean, what? deliberate people feminism.
3: To, if you look at all types of people... I love, I personally love quotes of people who have worked with her and they're giving their outlook on what it was like to work with Taylor Swift and every single one of them seems to say I had no idea how confident she was. She seems so confident in herself, you know, she makes the decisions, like you know, they're always saying that she's not along for the ride, which is I think a big, like, misconception about her is that she's kind of plays the puppet, which is hilarious to us who know her and know that she calls all her own shots, but everyone says she's in control like she's from the beginning like even when she was like 14 15 people said like they'd be intimidated writing with this little 14 year old girl like um you know so it's it's crazy like she just she's such girl power to a t and it blows my mind that people try to throw her under the bus for being like quote unquote a feminist worst nightmare
2: i think that that's also that's the problem though is that You know, because she's been so, as you said, girl power driven since the beginning that, you know, people and I think even herself thought that that meant that, you know, if you were like supporting women and supporting them in terms of, you know, where you want to go with their career and making them be equal to men, that that meant that you actually hated men and that you wanted to like kind of crush them in a way. And that's obviously not true But I think that that's kind of where that preconceived notion came from, at least for her. Well, Sammy, I I
0: think with any sort of group of people, um, in this case, feminists, in other cases, other groups, the radicals tend to always give the group as a whole a bad name. Yeah. Yeah, So there are definitely, I think, radical feminists that that do hate men and things of that sort but sure. I, I, mean, I don't think that represents the entire group very no much.
2: i didn't i didn't mean that i'm sorry i didn't no, i was just making
0: your point even more clear i guess oh, okay.
2: like so, where you because you, you were
0: discussing where that idea came from yeah and taylor's because taylor at the time that she felt she wasn't A feminist because she didn't understand the term was in the same boat as a lot of people and that's what i'm saying that's where i think that misconception comes from is from that small group of radicals um and that misrepresent everyone else
3: even with her though i think one of her biggest problems too it's not even like the radicals like well like that's part of it but uh, some feminists or people who think feminism think that you can't be a feminist while also being feminine Mm-hmm. So that becomes a big problem, right? Because if she wants to find true love, she wants to have the fairy tale ending. So because she wants to have that, that means that she clearly can't be a feminist because being a feminist means you're a strong, independent woman who don't need no man mm-hmm. is what <laughs> they think it is, right? Yeah. So the problem with her is that they, they, Taylor, she's a girly girl. She is. She loves baking. She loves cooking. Like she's a textbook cookie cutter. Like if you had to do the picture of the quote unquote girly girl, Taylor Swift's picture would be beside it. But that doesn't mean that you're not a feminist. Because being a feminist means that you're making your own choices. And that's what she's always done. She's making her own choices, whether I choose to be feminine or whether I choose to not be feminine, like you're more masculine if you want to. If you want to have true love, if you want to stay single your entire life, if you want to have kids, that's cool. If you don't want to have kids, that's cool too. What it means is that you, as a woman, you're making your own decisions and you are having kids because you want to have kids. You're not having kids because society tells you you have to have kids. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I sense? think
2: that, yeah, absolutely. And I think that that goes back to another quote from the Guardian article um, where they ask her about having a boyfriend. And I feel like, this is kind of where people seem to think that she has quote-unquote changed in that, you know, in the past two years, she hasn't had a boyfriend. And she says, without uh, without a doubt, because the alternative, as in having a boyfriend, isn't really possible right now. What works is having incredible girlfriends who I can trust and tell anything. Obviously, she's always had a really strong bond with her friends. I mean, she's been friends Mm -hmm. with Abigail forever. She's been friends with Brittany forever, Selena, Emma, all of them she's been friends with. And constantly, even when they're all in different places, that she constantly is able to maintain a friendship with them. Um, But the boys have always been there. Obviously not a lot of them. We can have that discussion another time. But but she has always dated or seemed to be dating. And I feel like now in the past two years she hasn't. And that's kind of where all of this, is she changing? Is she all of a sudden becoming a feminist Um, has kind of come from because it's so different from it has been over the past you know decade or so and i'm i mean i think that this goes back to the original question i don't know that that necessarily means that she has changed or that her priorities have changed and she has just managed to kind of change and grow with it like i don't think she woke up one day and was like i'm gonna be a feminist and not have a boyfriend anymore i think that it was just you know she started hanging out with her friends more and having a boyfriend wasn't as important and make as making music that she loved and spending time with her girlfriends. And all of a sudden she kind of realized with the help of Lena Dunham and other people that, you know, maybe the way that she's acting now is more feminist, feminist than it was say two years
3: ago. I well, just want to point in like a point there too, is just to make sure. Cause having a boyfriend or not having a boyfriend doesn't really change your stance on feminism, right? Right, Yeah. That has nothing to do with it. No, not at all. Part Part of being a feminist, like, you can be a crazy feminist and you can also date a different dude every week. Like, that's cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so I wouldn't say so much like not having a boyfriend has changed her views into feminism. You know, I think that, and that's part of the problem with society, right? A society sees it that way. How can mm-hmm. she be a feminist? She has a different boyfriend every week. She has a different boyfriend every six months. So that's kind of why people are like, oh, she can't be a feminist. But now maybe that's part of – maybe that's unfortunately because of society, why people are taking her more seriously as a feminist like or wanted because she's not having a boyfriend. But I think that's just – even shows right. how much more we need feminism in society that people think that way
0: well yeah. you know Kate she only dated guys so she could write songs about them
3: oh uh, yes now, uh,
0: now she doesn't okay. need them anymore because now right. that she's a feminist she can just write songs about feminism instead oh
2: god stop. <laughs> oh my god I can hear the comments now <laughs> oh god.
0: sarcasm people that was all sarcastic
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm making a joke I was lightening the conversation that was all
3: I don't want to talk about feminism. I get very serious. (laughs) I I know.
0: I know. And it's it's not. (laughs) That's a bad thing. That's why we brought you on, Kate, because it's a subject area that our panel isn't necessarily educated on. We may have opinions and outlooks, but not necessarily educated. So Mm -hmm. you're here to help us.
3: Yeah. I mean, disclaimer, I'm no, like, number one feminist in the world. Like, I'm still educating myself, too, but... I definitely have tried in the past couple years to educate myself more on what
0: it means. And and that is your right as a woman to educate yourself.
3: That's yeah. not your right as a woman.
1: That's
0: your right,
3: know, right as a person.
0: I know, oh my gosh, Sammy. <laughs> I'm just I'm just cracking jokes.
3: Adam, you're going to get yourself in trouble.
0: <laughs> Probably. Um, but if I wasn't getting in trouble, then I wouldn't be having fun, right?
1: I <laughs> uh- <laughs> that's debatable hey
0: (laughs) you know what my hero my hero radio host Bobby Bones he gets himself into trouble by saying controversial things all the time
3: oh I love Bobby Bones he's awesome
0: see and he says controversial things all the time
3: but you know what it's not I wouldn't even call it controversial I would call it the truth yeah (laughs) he's just being honest and people don't don't like like the truth Mm -hmm. yeah people don't like the truth all
0: right so let's talk about Taylor's music then since we're on that sort of subject area now her songs were talking about did she change and i i think the answer to that is she hasn't changed however the only thing that has changed i guess would be that she denied being a feminist and now is admitting it
2: Mm -hmm. i don't think she was denying it i think she just generally thought it was one way and it wasn't and no one taught her otherwise Mm-hmm. Well, not like denying did, it.
0: Maybe that maybe denying was the wrong choice of words, but not acknowledging it.
2: Yeah, like yeah, she didn't doesn't have people in her life like Lena Dunham, and I'm sure that she has others. It just the article talked about Lena Dunham, and we all know Lena Dunham. Um, and like, I don't, I, I think that you know she's been writing about feminist things for a really long time, and just didn't know it. Yeah, do you and know what I'm saying?
0: That was that was going to be my next question for the panel. Is, is looking back at her old music, do you see feminist messages in there that she didn't even know she was giving off?
3: Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, 100. Go for it, Kate. Yes well just with her like you know it's so funny to me that one of the criticisms criticisms criti- wow criticisms <laughs> for um taylor was that she only teaches girls that boys are the number one thing they need in life right that's something that's said over and over she teaches girls that boyfriends are the most important thing in life i can say myself okay now this is also you know i don't date boys so <laughs> this is a bit different but growing up i never once thought that her message was you need a boyfriend never no. ever her music always was talking about taking a stance and when a guy treated her wrong or a guy didn't you, you know was being a jerk she talked about you know moving on like it, her songs are so empowering like you even take songs off like her first album right like um here I'm trying to think of an example of one that would be a good uh good one. Um, what about, you know, Cold Is You, right? Mm-hmm. She talks about there and she's talking about this guy who's treating her wrong and she wakes up and realizes that like she doesn't deserve this or picture to burn. Don't has that one controversial lyric that I'm not even gonna get into. Let's um, not. <laughs> yeah, you know, I like she's talking about, you know, picture to burn she's like you know this guy like i don't need him in my life like he's just he's gone you know he's moving on you know and it's just i don't i don't know i could rant about this forever like you know you think about white horse right that's like a really feminist song like it's saying there like she's like you didn't treat me how i deserved and i've realized it now because as much as people want to say that they get blinded by love anyone does right People get in crappy relationships all the time and they make excuses for people and they, you know, they say, you know, it's, they don't mean it, whatever. So y- to, you're not a human being if you don't put yourself in bad situations every once in a while, right? You're going to make mistakes.
0: Well, you don't put yourself in bad situations. You just end up in them on accident. Well, well you just kind of <laughs> well, let them happen to you sometimes. You, yeah, you uh, let them. That's
3: You know, like, you, you can put yourself in a bad situation in the sense where you know you, you know you see a bunch of warning signs and you want to ignore them because you want to be ha- like you want to see the best in things and you go through whether it's a relationship whether it's a job whether it's anything in life you know but with her she sits there and she doesn't pretend she doesn't make mistakes it's what she does after the mistakes right so she's like you know it's you start off with white horse and she's like you know I was she, I'm, she's empowered by the end of it, and she's like, I don't need you, and you're going to find someone who actually treats me well, like, yeah. I'm going to get out of this, I'm going to do this for myself. One of my absolutely favorite songs that basically, you know, is an underlying feminist message is Dear John, right? And you watch the progression of the lyrics, right? And it's like, it starts off from being kind of like, wounded and victimized you know but by the end of it she's like i'm shining like fireworks right right off off your sad empty town right over your sad empty town that there right there she's like i'm moving on like her progression of her songs like i don't need you you hurt me and i don't need this in my life so that right there to me is feminist like you know she's not saying like oh i'll give him another chance
0: and she's not saying like you mentioned earlier or not portraying that message rather that you have to have a boyfriend no, absolutely um, not. You want to know an interesting counterpoint to that argument as well about sure. her music being like, oh, you have to have a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, why would she have so many male fans then?
1: <laughs> yeah, cuz yeah, they I mean, wouldn't be able to re- you know, unless they were
0: gay, that, but
2: Yeah, I, I don't think that um that actually has ever come up. Although like I know that ignorant people would say that, but like in terms of like her fan base, like it's never like I mean, people are always like, oh, it's younger girls, or it's, you know, this, that, the other thing. But I don't think that I've ever personally felt that her songs were geared towards a certain audience. Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, she is writing what she knows about, which obviously, you know, when she was writing when she was 18, she was writing from an 18-year-old girl's perspective, she was writing from a 16-year-old girl's perspective, but you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to be exactly the same for every 16 and 18-year-old girl and if you don't fit into that bubble that you wouldn't enjoy it. I mean, I wasn't listening to 15 when I was 15. I was listening to it when when I was 20. And -hmm. it was still relevant to me, just like, you know, a 15-year-old boy can listen to that song and still find, you know, relevancies to his life in that song because that's how she writes. Absolutely. Um, And I think that, you know going along on what Kate was talking about and the article talks about her song Better Than Revenge and she says I was 18 when I wrote that um, that's the age when you think someone can actually take your boyfriend then you grow up and realize no one uh, no one take, can take someone from you if they don't want to leave and I think that I mean the song itself it, I mean I guess you can kind of argue that it's a feminist stance in terms of That she is, you know. Well, I don't know that you can argue that. I'm sorry, I don't know that you can.
0: Well, what are your thoughts at least? (laughs) And I, I my thought
2: is this: this is where I was going with this. Is that my thought is that now that she has kind of evolved in her feminist stance, is that she can see that, like she said, that you can't make someone, you can't take someone who wasn't already on their way out the door. Um, And I think that that's sort of where the feminist part comes from, not the, you know. All right, I'll say it—not the slut bashing, but um, like the the fact that she's kind of grown up from that song, and the fe- her feminist stance has helped her learn from that song. That's not to say it's a bad song now, or it's a good song then, or whatever. It's still a good song, but I think the point that she's trying to make is that she wrote it when her stance on feminism was very different. See, well, what are your then?
0: thoughts, um, on specifically with that song on the argument? that it's anti-feminist because it's girls hating on girls like in, i think that, in, i was just I gonna say in a feminist point of view can girls not dislike each other do all girls have to be best friends
3: no you can I dislike each other All girls don't have to be best friends i just think that what the most important thing you cannot like someone's character right you cannot say i don't i'm there can be parts of people that you don't like The what we have to do as girls is not tear each other down for our choices, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to, if maybe I personally don't want to have, you know, where I'm like, I'll have a boyfriend once every once in a while. Like, you know, when I, have, when I date someone, it's going to be very serious and I want to be in it 100% all the way. That doesn't, you can't, just because, you know, Sally then down the street decides that she wants to serial date a different guy every week you don't get to, you shouldn't be judging that girl for her choices. And that's what it is about girls, right? You know, so it's, you know, if someone just, or also looking down on someone because someone's more feminine or less feminine, you know, you, what we have to do as girls is just respect each other for their choices and how they ch- live their life. As long as they are making their own choices and they are happy with their choices and they're not hurting anyone in the process, then as girls, we should be respecting that. Because society wants us to put wants to put us up against each other. They do. They they girls. You know, it's always these feuds, and you know, girls are constantly being compared to each other. And you even see it. You know, it's in the in the the headlines where it's like, you know, um, Taylor Swift uh, versus uh, I don't know, like. Rihanna like Rihanna came dressed like this and you know Taylor's all wholesome and it's like why do we constantly want to compare against each other and I even sometimes get mad even you know when people kind of use the whole like you know the whole like records and like stuff in people's face even with Taylor because even Taylor Swift fans do it we're like oh like miley can't even get this many downloads their first week but look how much taylor got is like, we gotta stop comparing girls against each other
0: is that argument set. with album sales though comparing girls versus girls or comparing an artist versus an artist
3: well that's like well i'm just talking about in the broader sense about how girls are always put against each other but you would never see like bruno mars versus um i don't know who's another male artist uh, <laughs> that's Kimberley. the justin problem Kimberley. there aren't any justin bieber right yeah. none yeah. that are good The society in general doesn't want to put men up against each other. Where, where newspapers and headlines always want to put girls up against each other. That's the point I'm trying to make, I guess. They don't care. They don't go Bieber outsold Bruno Mars, but they'll make sure to put like so and so like girls against each other. You know. Mm -hmm. Even you know, I have a friend who's a big Carrie Underwood fan, and I've never understood it because he always comes to me and he always it's like a competition and he's a guy too. He's a really big big Carrie Underwood fan. Okay. And he's always like well, you know, Carrie's better at this, and Carrie's a better singer, and did it. And I'm just like, it's not a competition. Like, you're allowed to, like, Carrie more. That's cool. Like, why do we have to put them up against each other? But you never have... Florida George Deline writes better lyrics than Tim McGraw. Like, they don't... It's just in society, I find people, way want to put girls up against each other before they want to compare guys against
0: each other.
1: I wonder where that comes from. Misogyny? Yeah. <laughs> I, I was just <laughs> thinking much. how interesting a
0: point it is, and <laughs> why... I'm glad you, we have you here because I've actually never even noticed that. But now that you say it, I see it.
1: No, it's a hundred percent true.
0: No, yeah. I realize it's true. I'm just saying I never noticed it.
3: Mm-hmm. I mean, even because like, like, that's that's our society right there. We don't even realize it. it's so ingrained yeah. in us that we do not even realize it's happening.
2: Like even like back in the '90s when it was like you know like they had the boy bands and then they had like Britney Spears and Christina Back Aguilera.
0: Streets. Back, all right. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> like, like it was. Oh, they were always comparing. Britney to Christina but like in the newspaper they would never compare like oh Sync wore this to the VMAs and Backstreet Boys wore it exactly. like you know what I'm saying it was like it's always been like that
3: and I also thought I wish I could remember what artist it was but I saw it somewhere it was on Twitter a female artist had tweeted she was like you know I always find it funny how I'm referred to as a female artist you know like um, this female artist referred uh, or sold like 30,000 copies of her single the first week. But you will never hear anyone call them a male vocalist or a male artist. It is always, if it's a dude, it's always just an artist. But if it's a girl, they always put female before the word artist. And I find that very interesting, and I never thought about that before too, and that was a really good point that she brought up. Hmm. Have you ever seen a, a scene, like think of a headline like, you know, Tim McGraw, like male artist. No, he's just Male an
0: vocalist Tim McGraw male makes vocal- headlines with blah 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 blah. Yeah.
3: No, you Where just it, yeah, it doesn't even vocalist. sound right. Mm-mm. No. But female vocalist Taylor Swift, that sounds totally
0: normal to us. No. Very peculiar. That's really depressing, um, Kate.
3: It is. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm here to bring the joy. <laughs> Kate, Kate's
0: here to zap the joy out of the episode and make everybody cry. Back.
3: I'm actually here bring to bring the
2: joy. The can we
1: bring the joy back?
0: You don't know. Don't say
1: that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um. So I think for me, if we're going to go back on track about um, about where she was writing songs about feminism and not realizing it, um, I'm not sure as a whole that you could sit here and argue that begin again is a feminist song. However, the secret message of begin again is I wear heels now. And I feel like that, especially that being the last song on the, the last track on the album was a big, big neon sign that was like, Hey, I know what feminism is now. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like, she's acknowledging the fact that she can
0: she can do do what she wants
2: yeah she can do what she wants she can be a strong independent woman and that she doesn't need a man and that if she wants one she can have one but if she doesn't want one she doesn't have to have one do you agree yes no maybe i'm gonna shut up now
0: You don't have to shut up, Sammy. We're here to talk.
3: I don't know how much time we have left, but one thing that I really want to discuss is that other quote in The Guardian about the resenting, the idea about the whole female feelings thing. Yeah, let's jump into that. That was
0: specifically about Shake It Off, right?
3: Yeah. um, I think, well, but that I think it's just about her in general, right? She has always been told, like, oh, another song about her feelings. Like, you know, whereas there you have Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran and Taylor Swift are almost the exact same artists in the sense that they both are singer-songwriters who can portray their music in all different types of genres, but at the end of the day, they're songwriters. That's what I think they are first and foremost. Mm -hmm. And Ed Sheeran, if you think about it, does anyone ever tell Ed Sheeran he has too many feelings? No. But he does have a lot of feelings. That's fine. He has a lot of feelings. (laughs) And he also has a lot of questionable feelings. Yes. But no one is attacking him. No one's saying, oh, my God, another love song from They're, Oh, my God, it's so romantic. It's so cute. He's so in touch with his feelings. He's not afraid He's so to tell a girl sensitive. he loves you. He's so sensitive. Oh. Taylor, it's, oh, my God, there she is talking about her feelings again. Oh, my God. She won't, oh, my God. She, oh, my God, a guy broke up with her, and she had the nerve to call him out on being a jerk. Oh, my God, sit down. Like, you know, and I hate that. Yeah. And I, I'm just going to read the quote because I think it's awesome. But the, I re, she, what she says in The Guardian is she says, I really resent the idea that if a woman writes about her feelings, she has too many feelings. And I really resent the be careful, buddy, she's going to write a song about you angle because it trivializes what I do. It makes it seem like creating art is something you do as a cheap weapon rather than an artistic process. They say whatever they can say whatever they want about my personal life because I know what my personal life is. It involves a lot of TV and cats and girlfriends but I don't like when they start making cheap shots at my songwriting because there's no joke to be made there. And that is an awesome quote, one of my favorite things things she's ever said because she's just like, this isn't fair. You know, Ed Sheeran would never – Ed Sheeran, it's an artistic process, right? I I keep referring to Ed Sheeran. Obviously, there's lots of other examples. Yeah, but Ed's a good
0: correlation, and there's actually not that many examples because she gets ripped on for writing about her feelings because everyone else sings about someone else's feelings because they don't write their own music. Exactly.
3: Mm -hmm. And you know, and she says there and it's so true. It's like it's like, oh, she's just singing the guy to write a song about And it's like, why aren't you celebrating the fact that she is that awesome that she can take this thing that clearly made her feel like crap at one point or made her feel really happy or made her feel angry and she can turn it into this beautiful song. Like you know, she can And I feel
1: like I feel it's like an she's a
3: prospect and she does yeah. she, artistic process and she doesn't get the credit she deserves. It gets turned into that you know, it's, oh, there she is just writing better feelings again, you know?
2: And I feel like she's also like one of the few artists that gets that, whether she's a, a woman or a man. Like, obviously, we just used the example of Ed Sheeran, but like, I'm thinking off the top of my head, I'm thinking of like, you know, we use Carrie Underwood before, Casey Musgraves, or really anybody in country music. I mean, not everyone in country music, like t- like Taylor, writes her own songs. But, you know, Casey Musgraves does, and she never gets hated on, on, on for that. I mean, she doesn't write the exact same songs that Taylor writes, but she definitely has songs like that. And it's usually only Taylor that gets hate on for that. And it, I just find it kind of ridiculous that, that well, it's only ever. Well, Sammy, Taylor.
0: I don't know if Casey doesn't get hated on or if we don't hear it nearly as often it, because I she's not nearly was, as big.
3: It, it doesn't, doesn't like, matter though; we would still for, hear it. Casey, a hundred percent though, like yeah, she probably doesn't get hated on for writing about a guy again, but it's also because she's only on her first album, right? Yeah, so those albums from now, people may be like starting to say it, but they're like, oh, Taylor needs to change it up. But Casey probably, though, she may doesn't get hate, may not get hated on for that she definitely is facing the struggles of a female country artist oh for sure so she is that type of oppression right so yeah. she's a whole different thing but the thing about taylor tying in now i don't like to admit this because i'm truly afraid of um people getting mad at me but oh, I, it's I, I okay kate Hater, it haters
0: gonna hate 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 I, hate, hate
3: hate i Okay, Beyonce is a great independent woman who does what she wants and is making hella money, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) I'm not her biggest fan. Me neither. I, Yay. Like, and it's like I like I like her music, you know, but it's like I'm just not I'm not one of those people. She seems to be right now that like anything she does, people are like praising her. They're like, like, Oh my she, god,
1: Beyonce's she, amazing and people she, cry. She, and she could all have that.
3: shown up to the VMA, she could have did a rendition of the ABCs and people would have been like, She just slayed your faves. Like yeah. you know, like she's she's a great artist, don't get me wrong. And I think she deserves everything she has. But I just think people are kind of this blindly praising her. And I kind of got a little bitter, and this is me being silly, but it was, like, the VMAs, right, she stood up there and she had feminists behind her, right, on the VMAs, which was awesome. Like, that's really cool because it's probably, you know, preaching feminism to a wider audience, and, like, that was awesome. But here comes Taylor, right? She had just come out, it was either that day or the day before that this article came out. Mm -hmm. And the next day after the VMAs, everyone was, oh, my God, like, you know, like, Beyonce, feminist, feminist, feminist. Not one thing was said about Taylor, you know, her feminist awakening. And that's what I find about Taylor, right? She just, no matter what she does, she's not going to get acknowledged. Like, she's coming back now. She's saying, I'm sorry. You know, I, I am a feminist. I didn't understand. But people with her, I don't know what it is. She can't do anything right. And people just, you know, they're never happy with her. Yeah.
0: Well, here's an interesting question, Kate. Who do you think is more impactful on society as a feminist? Someone that is very aggressive and outspoken like Beyonce or, or someone who's a bit more subdued and acknowledges, at least now, that she's a feminist, but isn't really, like, you know, really, really into it like Taylor? Like, who's more impactful?
3: See, Or is... better
0: question, who's more impactful in a positive way? Because in my opinion, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, because you know that's why we have you here is to correct me when i'm wrong um but to me it's people like beyonce that are encouraging that negative connotation of the word feminist because it's it's like one of those dominate men type because situations
3: it's, because See, it's so here, loud adam please don't hate me for saying this but it's like the same thing right with we're putting up girls against each other right there and mm. their different choices and how they well i told you, you to correct them, me right? if i was
0: wrong so I this, opened myself up for that one. So go ahead. No, <laughs> that's, seriously.
3: That's part of the problem, right? Because you're like, oh, who's better? Someone who preaches them. And it's like every girl is their own person, right? And also some, everyone's going to respond to things differently. Some people are going to respond more to Beyonce's outright preaching of feminism and like, you know, writing it, you know, say feminist. But some people, maybe they look more like Taylor's approach and they want to kind of let it sink in and they don't fully understand what it is. So Taylor's kind of important in that sense for people who... Maybe don't really understand what feminism is, and like if she's not hashtag preaching it now, I don't see there's anything wrong with preaching feminism because I think it's important. But some people, how they receive feminism, if it's thrown down their throats, right, they are going to automatically reject it just because they're saying just preaching it on me, right? Mm -hmm, So I think everyone's important in situations, you know, like whether you're a more stand back, whether you're more full, like more forward about it. I think every single person and what they contribute to the cause is
0: important. I like that answer. That Thank made you. sense. So yeah. I
2: have I have a question before we have to go because Kate has to go soon. Um, in Uh-oh. reading this, in the, <laughs> yes, uh, in reading this this quote that we just read about um, her having too many feelings and her resenting that. Do you think personally? that her album, 1989, is going to be more in the direction of, you know, just writing songs that she's creative about? Or do you think that she's going to be making a conscious effort to write songs that they can't really question like that?
3: Here's Here's the thing about that with taylor um i don't think she's gonna okay it's like my my i'm really like my guilty pleasure would be not my guilty pleasure i would be so happy if she had a song that was literally called feminism and she's just
0: like <laughs> <laughs>
3: yes of my life
0: it's <laughs> gonna happen kate she's gonna write it just for you
3: but realistically that's not gonna happen and i <laughs> if i know taylor i think what she's gonna do is she's gonna maybe even try to preach the more it's be, she can have a feminist album in this and still be talking about boys, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Definitely. She can still be, because that's what she essentially did. I mean, she definitely had some questionable songs, No Better Than Revenge, that was a bit, like, you know, that, I mm-hmm. uh, definitely, okay, if there's one thing that I can't defend about Taylor Swift, it's better than Revenge. Like, that's a valid criticism. But yeah. she also, it's, I'm, we're not gonna, we already had that discussion about how she wrote it forever ago, whatever. But Red, none of her songs on there were, I could have seen as, problematic to the feminist cause, right? not at all. They were all very feminist. Like, they were about going through heartbreak and, you know, her feelings and stuff, but she wasn't tearing down any girls. She wasn't saying, this girl stole my boyfriend. She wasn't saying, you know, she wasn't slut-shaming. She wasn't... So, you know, I think she's just going to continue on that path, but she's very more conscious that that is a feminist path now. And And I I think... I I don't think her... Her content is going to change. I think she's probably still, maybe might write about boys, but it's not going to be the fairy tale romance. I think she's yeah, over I now. I think yeah. she's grown out of that aspect. But I still think she's going to write about her feelings and.
2: Yeah, I was going to say that. The- that I feel like you know I'm not sure that not that she's gonna you know just completely cut it off to spite her face totally. But I feel like a lot of the songs, if whatever love songs are on here because you know the things that we've read it doesn't seem like there's going to be a whole lot of them Mm -hmm. but um it kind of those ones that are going to be on there I feel like it's going to be more um sort of begin again type songs in terms of that you know she's acknowledging that you know the relationship ended it was super super sad I was super sad but I came out on the other side and I'm much stronger for it and that's kind of where the feminist part is going to come from because it's not a woe is me, he broke my heart, I'm so sad kind of thing. It's a woe is me, he broke my heart, but I'm way better off now. Do you know what What I'm saying?
3: Yeah, and I think with Taylor too, why she's so important to the feminist cause in her sense of who she is. There is not a lot of feminists who identify with wanting the fairy tale ending and wanting the romance and wanting the white picket fence, right? Mm -hmm. And so where she's important in that and where she needs to what people need to understand is that she can still be a feminist and still want the fairy tale ending. And so, but there's not a lot of those people. If you think about it, who's openly feminist and is, is and in touch, you know what I mean? As ha, I don't want to say the word girly, but like as girly as she is, there's not a lot, right? Most feminists are seen as like Beyonce, who's like, you know, all about like strong, independent woman. Like, so her place maybe in feminism is showing you that you can still be a feminist while still being feminine. If that
0: makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, totally. So, Kate, I know you got to get running, but one final question before we go. Yeah, sure. Was I too offensive this episode? I didn't mean to be. No, no, oh, okay. you were fine. Okay, okay, that wasn't the actual question. I was just making fun of you, but um, or not. Sorry, making fun of myself. Uh,
3: <laughs> you probably you would trust me if I, you offended me. You would have known.
0: <laughs> oh, good. Whew. Wiping the sweat off she my probably brow. There started yelling or something. Uh, yeah. No, but Stop. anyway, just moving into the future now that Taylor is officially a self-identified feminist.
3: Can we take a moment and appreciate that? Oh, yes. yes. yes.
0: Moment of appreciation. <laughs> um, but now that she is, if you could make a prediction of how that's going to affect her fan base, hopefully in a positive way, um, what would it be? Like, how is this going to affect her fan base and society moving forward?
3: I think it's definitely going to open it. Like, it's definitely going to be positive. Because... As I was kind of mentioning, I, I think I was mentioning to this just earlier in the day, but about how um, with now, you know, what's really cool, and she kind of mentioned that, she says it's becoming, femi- a lot of girls have had this feminist awakening. And it's become kind of mainstream in a way, feminism, mm-hmm. um, because of things like Tumblr and social media in general, like it's become the new cool thing to be a feminist. Now, there may be problems with that, you know, is it okay that feminism's mainstream and people have, like, there's naysayers who are saying, you know, you shouldn't just be a feminist because it's popular. But at the end of the day, it's still educating a bunch of people as to what feminism is. And if feminism is the cool and hip thing and happening right now and that's what people want to jump on that train, I'm totally cool with it because it's one of the better trains you could hop on. Mm -hmm. So I think because it is right now, like, quote-unquote, cool, I think she's going to gain a lot more fans by being an open feminist because a lot of girls are now educating themselves as to what it is, and a lot of girls are now um, going to kind of respect her more, probably because she says she's openly feminist.
0: So overall, you think it's going to not only get her new fans but also educate her current fans in in a positive way and 100%, help them yeah. understand. What exactly feminism is so that's uh, a good discussion guys Uh, rather us just listening in awe as Kate tells us uh, everything she knows
3: (laughs) well I'm glad I could be a part of this because I love any excuse to talk about feminism
0: I know I'm glad (laughs) you made time for us I know I kind of asked you like oh I don't know like this morning if you could join us and (laughs) you're like you're like I'm really busy today but I got like an hour available right here
1: we're like okay (laughs) we'll make it work
0: (laughs) and we're like let's do it
3: yeah
0: i'm so excited so thanks for joining kate um thanks you gotta run me. off to dinner so we will say bye to you now
3: okay bye guys bye thanks kate bye. thank you so much
0: bye
3: enjoy thank you bye is bye
0: <laughs> i am actually really glad we had the opportunity to have kate on here and kind of further educate us on this now that taylor is a uh, self-proclaimed feminist, because you guys remember the last episode we had discussing Taylor and feminist feminism was when we had Clara on, who runs the account Feminist T. Swift on Twitter, and something interesting that I at least learned at that point, and I know there's a lot of new people in the audience who want to pass it on, is Clara was sort of, that, that account Feminist T. Swift was sort of co-founded slash it inspired her to start it by a male friend of hers who is a male feminist. And uh, truthfully, I admit, I did not realize until that moment. I had the eye-opening moment where I realized that men can also be feminists.
1: Yeah, and I think that comes from the fact that the word starts with, like, femme. So men think, like, oh, I can't be one because I'm not a female. We don't want to be feminine. feminine. We're manly men. But that actually has nothing to do with it at all.
0: No, it no, turns out what, as Kate was explaining, the definition of feminism is, is a person who believes in equality between men and women and equal rights specifically. Okay. So that was... And equal uh,
2: rights and, you know, like things like the, you know, the glass ceiling and all of that kind of stuff. It's not necessarily about equal rights in terms of like political stuff, but, you know, basically anybody who believes that a man and a woman should be equal in any way would mm-hmm. probably constitute
0: being a feminist exactly women can be bodybuilders also and build those big muscles so they Men can.
1: can be um pastry yeah. chefs and and, and stay at dads yeah
0: i actually love cooking and baking and stuff good yeah
2: see how that works
0: <laughs> all right so um again special thanks to kate if you guys want to find her online she's on twitter at hipster t swift
2: she's awesome we love her
0: Cool. Yeah, she's she's a great friend of ours, and and she's very very nice. And she'll talk to you if you tweet or if you have any questions about anything we talked about, um, she will definitely definitely chat with you about it. She loves this subject. She's very
2: passionate about it. Yeah, very
0: very passionate and very knowledgeable. And and does it make
2: and, you feel dumb when you don't know as much as she does? Which is very important.
0: I know. I was glad she didn't put me on blast. <laughs>
2: And yeah. I also have to give a little shout out to Augustine at um, the Swift agency because I was talking to him last night because I was freaking out about this interview, and he really helped me. So you guys should go follow him and go read his editorial, which I'll have Adam and Diane link down below. It'll be
0: linked in the show notes at taylortalk.org slash episode 149. That's what Sammy meant to say.
2: Right. I'm sorry. I forgot I wasn't on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs>
1: they can't see
0: you sammy you forgot you were on youtube (laughs) they can't see you so back by popular demand our mini segments actually we did them last week didn't we
1: yeah, but they're always backed by popular demand. That's why we keep them in the show. Because they're demanded.
0: <laughs> so um, I, I don't know if I did a good job explaining to any new listeners out there what these mini segments are. They are segments where listeners of the show can participate with the show and submit information. And this specific segment is called You Know Your Swifty When? Slash If Swifties Rule the World, where you finish the line, You Know Your Swifty When? Or If Swifties Ruled the World. So, Diane, can you please... Give us the first one.
1: Okay, this one comes from a uh, Swiftly Sam thirteen, and they say you know you're a Swiftie when you wonder what your dog will think of 1989. I've had him since 2006, and he likes, and he likes Taylor. And <laughs> then they also said he hates Lord. By the way, yes, uh, I I don't I don't know.
0: I love this dog.
2: I like Lord and Taylor. You Me should
0: too. You should
2: fix. your And dog. Taylor likes Lord, <laughs> so I don't know why this is debate.
0: Um, it's a debate, Sammy, because as we learned in our discussion, our main discussion today, we can all have our own opinions, and I think Lord's music is unappealing, oh and God. I don't like listening to it.
1: Do you realize what this tweet just did? It pitted two girls against each other because this dog can like Taylor, but he also hates Lord, and that's in the that is sentence. not putting, putting two. Like, yes, no. yes, yes, it yes, it is. It is not putting it, two against each other. It it's simply saying that the dog is.
0: enjoys Taylor's music but doesn't enjoy Lord's music. That's not comparing them.
1: But I, I need Kate back. I'm, I'm <laughs> going to tweet her later. and be like, Kate, you need to D- listen to this, this part of the mean, episode. Is
0: this dog anti-feminist? Yeah.
2: <laughs> you need to uh, let me know.
0: Okay. Now we're just getting ridiculous. Sammy, what, what do we got going on else? The
2: next one is from Evan on Facebook. You know you're a Swifty when you freak out because the name of the album, 1989, is The Year I Was Born along with the release date following on October 27th. When you combine the two, it makes the date I was born October 27th,
0: 1989. That is trippy. That is really trippy. Hmm. Evan was born like a couple months before Taylor.
2: Yes. So was I. That is,
1: that's awesome.
0: <laughs> that's cool. All right. Thank you, Evan. Um next up we got an email from Nozomi who said you know you're swifty when you're taking a flight home after a vacation when you enter your flight you realize that they're playing comeback be here on the speakers then after the song finishes they keep playing Taylor Swift songs one after the other all the way until takeoff when the plane la- pla- when the plane lands they continue playing Taylor Swift songs true story just happened today ps the airline was air asia Flying between, how do you say that?
2: Kuala
1: Krab,
0: Krabby, Thailand. Oh. To Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia.
2: Well, that makes sense because she had a deal with Air Asia. Didn't they build her that giant airplane? I think so. Yeah, so that's awesome. Makes
1: that's sense. cool, though. Awesome. I,
0: I did not know that part of that deal was playing Taylor music, or maybe they yeah. just did it because they wanted to. I
1: think that's, that's it. That's awesome. Um,
2: yeah.
1: Alright, this next one comes from L E underscore sharp 12 on Twitter, and they say, you know you're Swifty when your brother knows all Taylor songs perfectly from the amount of time that you sing them around the house. Good job.
0: <laughs> you must sing it a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. I Love it. I
2: wish I had someone to listen to me sing Taylor badly. You Not You're a really. cat?
0: Everybody that listens to this podcast listens to me sing Taylor poorly at some point or another.
2: Yeah. They listen to us sing Broadway really badly, too, Adam. Oh, the that
0: wasn't Broadway. That was a movie.
2: Grease, it was still Grease in Broadway, Broadway also.
0: Mm, I know it was also, but I was singing the movie version. So oh,
1: was I. So okay. was I.
2: Well, they're the same, aren't they?
0: <laughs> Actually, the, the Broadway one? version. Can I do the next uh, okay, one? Okay, okay, go
2: the <laughs> next one is from isabella via email you know you're a swifty when you turn your bff into a swifty i can attest to this this happened i got a text message from my friend who is not a taylor fan well she is now and she was like are you serious we have to wait until october for new music and i was Aww. like Yo, i'm
0: serious oh man <laughs> so sammy tell me how did you convert this friend into a swifty
2: well, I took her to a Speak Now concert, and she kind of was just inspired by Taylor's music. She's been kind of working on a Taylor musical for a really long time, and she just really likes Taylor music. But all of a sudden, within the past couple of weeks, maybe even the past couple of months, she's, like, legit
0: Swifty. And I'm she's, like, like
1: really yes. passionate now. Okay, very uh, good. Yes!
0: <laughs> very, very good. The last one was emailed to us from Lena, who said, you know you're Swifty... When you've only had Shake It Off for an hour, or you've only had, I guess that means, is referring to only owned it, uh, yeah. bought it, shake it off for an hour, and you have it memorized already.
2: Yeah, I think Boom. that was pretty much, everybody. Yeah.
0: Cool. So, thank you to everyone who sent those in. Keep them coming for future episodes. We need more of those uh, for next week. Now, finally, well, not finally, we got two more little segments coming in. We've got what are Swifties listening to? Where you guys all share with us what you have on your iPod besides Taylor, because that's kind of a given if you're listening to us.
2: <laughs> um,
0: Scarlet emailed us and suggested "Amnesia" by Five Seconds of Summer.
2: I am so in love with this song. Yeah, I like. You I too. don't want to admit it, but you can I admit am. it. That's okay, I love this song, and I really, actually, kind of really like Five Seconds of Summer.
0: Okay, they're well, good. they're very popular right now, so <laughs> if you haven't heard their song Amnesia yet, definitely go check it out. Thank you, Scarlett, for suggesting it. I will have to go check it out it now. It is
1: currently stuck in my head now.
0: Yeah. Nice work, Scarlet. stuck in <laughs> Diane's head. That should be a segment on the show. What is stuck in Diane's head?
1: <laughs> That's weird. Um, I, I don't quite know how to respond to that. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: And finally, before we go, I have a segment that I have only ever done once that I can remember, called Dear Taylor. Now, we get lots and lots and lots of emails and voicemails and text messages and any sort of contact you can think of from people that think they are reaching out to Taylor Swift when, in fact, it is us, the panel of Taylor Talk hosts. And
1: just us, because we don't have any connection, we don't work
2: for Taylor, anything like that. No, No, we just get amusement out of listening to your messages
0: and emails. So, here's a Dear Taylor for you that I uh, got recently that, that made me giggle. It says, Dear Taylor. I, it doesn't actually say Dear Taylor. They don't all say Dear Taylor. but God, you It's, get like, dear,
2: it's like Dear Abby, guys. They don't actually say Dear Abby.
0: Yeah, anyway. Dear Taylor, I'd like to take you on a date. You're awesome. and for the record, your is uh, he uses the wrong version of your. Now, I just want to point out to uh, you, good sir. uh, I'm going to keep your name anonymous. Um, Taylor is kind of a stickler for grammar. If you ask her on a date using the wrong your, you might not get that date.
2: Although it's pretty flattering that he called her awesome. I don't know. I want some guy to email me and be like, Hey, Sammy, I want to go out with you. You're awesome.
1: Well, actually the way that he used it was like, you're awesome. As in, she in some way owns awesome, which is also flattering.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I owe you. Own awesome. Let's go. out.
1: (laughs) I like your awesome.
0: (laughs) Alrighty. Well, excuse me, guys, if you want to submit to any of these segments, um, I encourage you to submit to all of them except Dear Taylor. If you make the Dear Taylor segment, I I feel bad for you. Um <laughs> but anyway, if you want to contact us, there's t- tons and tons and tons of different ways you can do so. You can, of course, email us, TaylorTalk at Taylorswift13.org. You can get us on Twitter, Facebook, Ask FM, or Taylor Connect. All four of those are to the username TaylorTalk13. If you want to leave us a voicemail or text message, you can do so to the number area code 24031SWIFT. Or if um, you're not in the US and don't want to incur those long distance fees, you can go directly on tailortalk.org. Or our Facebook page, facebook.com slash TaylorTalk13. And you can leave a voicemail right from your computer. That's totally free of charge. There's no long distance charges, anything like that. It's done over it's the really internet. It's
2: really fun. Please do it. We love listening to your voicemails. Yes. I was telling do. someone about it on Twitter the other day. They didn't know they could do it. I was yeah. like, yeah. Please
1: of course do. you can.
0: I say it at the end of every episode. Um, <laughs>
1: Maybe we should tweet it more. Maybe people forget. Yeah, I think you should.
0: Okay, i will tweet them. it more. I'll tweet it more. Um, but if you forgot any of those contact methods, there is only one link you have to remember. And that is taylortalk.org slash contact. And everything I just listed for you is listed out there. So we look forward to hearing from you guys. And remember, if you love us, please... Go consider subscribing on iTunes. That way you get all the latest Taylor Talk episodes downloaded directly to your iTunes library automatically each week. You don't have to go look for it. You don't have to wonder. I wonder if it's out yet. Because iTunes is gonna be like, hey, guess what? Guess what? Taylor Talk's got a new episode out. Here it is. <laughs> and that'll be cool. So if you want to do that, TaylorTalk.org slash iTunes. That's the place to do that. So, thank you for joining us. I know this was a bit longer than usual. It was quite a lengthy episode, but full of great information. Again, thanks to Kate for joining us. Uh, For episode 149 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast, this has been Adam,
1: Diane, and Sammy.
0: Saying have a great week, guys. We'll see you all for episode 150. Bye-bye.
1: Bye, guys. Bye! This podcast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift.